0: Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry and reach flip sets up first and goal at the. Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming. Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys, welcome to the Cowboys debut podcast for August 14th, 2023 and on today's episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the Cowboys versus Jaguars preseason game, Uh, but before we do that, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button, make sure to subscribe and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this at, please make sure to download the show and make sure to leave a review, five stars would be greatly appreciated. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. So I was able to watch this game from three angles. I'm going to do the fourth angle later on uh, tonight. So I was able to watch it on the cartel view on the offense and the defense, and I was able to watch the sideline view of the offense. I'm going to have to watch the sideline view of the defense later on. So I don't necessarily have a good gauge about how some quarterbacks played. I slacked off a little bit. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, Sundays are one of my days off. So And, and I got the tape at around like, Four or five o'clock so I, I i'm not even gonna lie i slacked off a little bit <laughs> so i apologize for that i will get the i will watch the defense later on here but um let's start out on the offense here let me see what i saw from let me show you guys what i saw from the sideline view of the offense this is gonna be a pass happy offense i honestly believe that Cowboys threw the ball or they had 43 attempts in this game. If you include the sacks that they took on top that I believe it was about 47 times they dropped back to throw compared to 22 times running the football, they're going to throw the football a lot this upcoming season. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Here's my thing, right? I don't care if you run the ball 20 times. I don't care if you run the, the ball 30 times. As long as you're running the ball a healthy amount to keep the defense honest and you're running the football effectively within those 20 to 30 attempts, I'm perfectly fine with uh, being more reliant on the passing attack. I'm perfectly fine with that. And when you look at the personnel that the Cowboys have on this team, I mean, they have CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. Ferguson, Hendershot, Jalen Tolbert—we think could uh, potentially be a guy. John Stevens might be a guy for this team. So they—they they do have a lot of guys that they can throw the uh, the football to. And Mike McCarthy has always been a guy who has wanted to throw the football. So I believe they're—they're going to throw the football a lot this upcoming season. I would expect around 35 to 40 times a game. Don't listen to Colin Coward, by the way, when he says that that's like some bad thing that Dak Prescott throws the ball 35 plus times a game. I disputed his uh, his take about that on my TikTok page. So if you guys haven't already, make sure to go check that out. So yeah, I think that they're going to be a pass-happy offense. And you want to know what? Then that kind of transitions into the... The talking point of okay, if we're going to run the ball twenty to twenty-five times, why are we placing so much emphasis on the running back two spot? Because in my personal opinion, if we run the ball twenty-five times a game, Power can easily take up fifteen carries. Deuce Vaughn can easily take up five to ten carries a game, and right there, I mean, that's your that's your running back room there. You know, if, if you need. Rico Dowd or Moik Davis to take up another five to 10 carries, whatever it may be, you know, maybe you don't want to run Deuce Vaughn five to, or uh, 10 times a game. Maybe you want to run Rico Dowd 10 times a game and run uh, Deuce Vaughn five times a game. Then again, you still have, you know, you still have the, the, the numbers add up. You're not overworking powered. You're not what you think to be overworking Deuce Vaughn healthy carries amongst pretty much everybody. You know, and obviously it's not going to be that specific number, right? Like there's going to be games where Tony Pollard's going to have to carry the ball more. Like if we're playing Philly and Tony Pollard's putting in work, like, yeah, we need you to continue to tote the rock. Like that just is what it is. There's going to be games where he's going to be asked to do more. So, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So overall, like I'm not making a big mess about this running back two uh spot because I think the Cowboys have a completely fine room. Is it like the best in the league? probably in the top 10. I mean, you have a top 10 running back on your team. I, I think Deuce Vaughn could be a player for you. We'll definitely get in, into him. Uh, and I think either Rico Dowd or Malik Davis is good enough to, you know, uh, uh, good enough to tote the rock five to 10 times a game. And, and not only that, I think, you know, when we talk about the running backs, I think that Rico Dowd will probably end up making this team just because of what he's able to do in pass protection. And there was a play early on in the game where Malik Davis uh, had to pass protect, uh, yeah. Had to pass protect, and he just—it was not pretty. It was not pretty. So, um, you know, let, let's go over some players here. Obviously, Deuce Vaughn—he was—he was fantastic in this game, no doubt about it. Absolutely fantastic. He played two drives, uh, and I think that he led the Cowboys in rushing. Yeah, eight, eight carries for fifty yards. So, it's crazy to me how, uh, uh, you know, Rico Dowdle and Malik Davis were in for a majority of the game. Yet, Deuce Vaughn was in for two drives and made the biggest impact out of any running back on this team. So, you love have to see it. Great story. Uh, he's definitely going to make this team. I thought he was going to make this team before this game, to be honest with you. I didn't necessarily think he was competing with anybody. I, I knew that the running backs going into this game were Tony Power and Deuce Vaughn. So... um yeah, it's just very nice to see Deuce Vaughn go out there and and uh, show people what I think Cowboys fans have been thinking about him all along, that this guy can legitimately play in the NFL on the biggest stage. So, um, you know, what can he bring to this offense this upcoming season? Exactly what you saw on that football field the other day. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is hard to bring down due to the fact that he's so small and so shifty that it's hard to put your hands on him. You know, they were having a hard time uh, bring Deuce Vaughn down and here's the thing and it's not because he's some powerful guy it's because he's so shifty and so small that you know it, it's a lot harder to bring a guy like that down you know I got I, I hear all the time well, wait for a linebacker and a safety to put a good hit on the guy I, I like I don't know if if it's gonna be easy to do that you know because like I talked about he's so damn small and so damn shifty and he's quick It's hard to really, you know, put your shoulder down and put everything into a hit when you're concentrating on just bringing the guy down in the first place. So very impressive stuff from Juice Vaughn, man. Very impressive stuff. You know, he showed some things in the receiving game. Um, Obviously, he ran the football effectively between the tackles and outside of the tackles. Um... Just overall good stuff from Deuce Vaughn. Just a very solid football player. You can see that. I mean, you can see that when you watch this guy play. He is just a flat-out solid football player. So I'm happy to have him on this team. I'm happy the Cowboys were able to pick him up in the sixth round. And overall, just, uh, you know, very, very good performance from him. Another guy that I want to talk about is Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert, man, he did some really good things. And here's the thing. There was that offensive pass interference call that got called on Jalen Tolbert. Complete BS. Complete BS. He He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything on that play. You know, that was a great catch by Jalen Tolbert. It should have counted. Never should have counted his offensive pass interference. If I'm Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer, I'm looking at him and I'm saying, yeah, that was a great catch. They We don't care. We're giving you a positive grade on that play because that was an offensive pass interference. That was a bogus call, BS call, really bad call. But other than that, like, yeah, Tolbert looked comfortable, man. He was doing things that we didn't see him do last season. He looked confident in himself. There was that slant play. Where uh, it almost got picked off, it was in the air. Tolbert was still able to come down with it just because he was able to maintain his focus, and that's the player that I saw on tape from South Alabama. I saw a a player who is very very keen on on uh, uh, the details. I saw a guy who has tremendous focus, a guy who can go up and grab the ball. Uh, contested catch receiver, good route runner, and he showed all those things in this preseason game. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that the offense just looked way more simple. Like it looked like guys were were moving fast because they weren't necessarily thinking. They had a route to run. They ran the route. They did it effectively. There were other receivers that were carrying certain positions to make it easier. You know, certain positions on the defense to make it easier for other players on the team to go make plays. And that's exactly, uh, you know, why I, I think that Mike McCarthy did a, a really good job uh, calling this game. I know the Cowboys didn't win this game. They lost this game. They scored 23 points. And honestly, they probably should have scored more points. Uh, there were there was a uh, play by Rico Daddle where, I mean, he pretty much had a touchdown. He pretty much all he had to do was walk it in and he was going to score. And, uh, you know, they didn't end up with points there. If they scored. They are. I mean, they put up 30 points and they win that game. So, you know, I'm not necessarily concerned about it from that perspective. But, um, yeah, so far, Deuce Vaughn, Tolbert. I think Tolbert's the number four wide receiver on this team. We all know this. Um, I don't think there's much of a competition, but I also don't think there's much of a competition between him and Gallup. I just feel like if Gallup goes down, Tolbert will be a perfectly fine number three receiver. I think he's going to take the step that, you know, we thought he was going to take. So shout out to Jalen Talbert did some really good things, man. Did some really good things. Jake Ferguson as well. Like I think Jake Ferguson probably should have had more production than he did this game. Like there were times where he was wide open and they didn't get him the ball. Um, and even, even still he, he had a pretty good game. He had that downfield uh, uh, catch down the seam, made a play there. He had that slant. There was another play. I think it was a hitch that he had. So overall, Jake Ferguson was very active in this offense, and he is, I think he is firmly supplanted himself as the number one uh, tight end on this team, no doubt about it. He's the best tight end on this team. You know, I talked about it the other day that they want Luke Schoomaker to be the number one tight end on this team, and I still believe that. still believe going into the future they want Luke Schoomaker to be the number one tight end. But overall, Jake Ferguson might be forcing their hand. But then again, maybe the Cowboys are just going to have a good problem on their hand to where they have multiple options at tight end, which is what I was talking about the other day. I'm want you know I I'm perfectly fine with investing in the tight end position. It's one of the biggest mismatches in the game. So, you know, Jake Ferguson showed some things, definitely. Um, there was a play by Will Greer where he missed a throw to Tolbert um, I don't necessarily know, I, I guess Hendershot was like faking a block, like faking like it was like, all right, cool, we're going to, you know, pretend like we're running the football here. And that freed up Tolbert across the middle and, and Will Greer didn't find him. Will Greer overall, uh, up and down game, up and down game. I think that he started off. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily great starting off, but I think he picked it up by the end of the game. So, you know, that's something to take into account. I think that the uh, offense as a whole was quarterback friendly. I mean, this was an offense that the quarterbacks combined for 32 of 43, 74% completion percentage, 243 yards over the air, 6.6 yards per attempt, two touchdowns and a pick. I think there probably could have been two picks, two more picks in this game, to be honest with you. Will Greer probably could have thrown another one and and Cooper Rush probably could have thrown another one. But I honestly think that's just because those guys aren't necessarily good quarterbacks. Um, but overall, the quarterback play as a whole, eh, it was okay. I don't think they were horrible in this game. I don't think they were as bad as you know people might have been making them out to be. But I also don't think that, that it was very good either. Um, John Stevens, this is a guy I, I think he's going to make this team. I think he's going to make the team. I mean, this is a guy that screams matchup nightmare. I mean... Big, long, can go up, grab the football, nuanced, tight end. You know, I think he's going to take Sean McKeon's job. I, I'm sorry. What does Sean McKeon bring you? What does Sean McKeon bring you? Does he even bring you anything in the blocking game? Because I, I saw him multiple times throughout this game get moved off his blocks. I, I, I'm i not, I'm, I've never been a huge Sean McKeon fan. Just never been a big fan of the guy. Don't think he's that good of a player. Think he's replaceable. And I think that the guy that can replace him is John Stevens. I don't, you know, because people are saying that it could potentially be a battle between Hendershot and Stevens. No, it's a battle to me between John uh, John Stevens and and McKeon. Because I think Hendershot's way better than McKeon. And I think that um, Stevens is way better than McKeon. Like, yes, does, does what McKeon bring to this offense, is that important? Absolutely, right? Because I do actually think he is a good blocker. He can line up at fullback. He can do that. But I also think that Luke Schoomaker can do the same thing as well. And you drafted this guy with the second round pick. So, you know, to me, um, John Stevens definitely showed that he deserves a spot on this team. There were times throughout the course of the game where they were playing that off coverage on Simi Fioko, and Mike McCarthy was like, Okay, you're gonna play that, you're gonna play six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage. All right, fine dump the ball off to uh, Fajoko and just, you know, let him get some yards after the catch. Let that cornerback have to go out there and tackle Simi because we all know that cornerbacks don't like to tackle. And, um, you know, uh, I think that they're going to do stuff like this with Michael Gallup. I wouldn't be surprised if they do some stuff like this with Michael Gallup. You know, bigger receiver. Okay, cool, you're going to play off the line of scrimmage. We're going to dump it off to him, and you're going to have to go make a tackle in space. Oh, Keep playing off us. Keep playing off us. And then when you play on us, you want to know what we're going to do? Vertical down the field. That's what's going to happen. I think that's what, you know, he's going to be trying to dial up. Semi Fioko also had a pretty good game as well. I think that we do need to give uh, Semi Fioko some respect after this game uh, because, you know, I thought he had a good game. Jalen Brooks, not necessarily a great showing from him. I think that Fioko had a, a way better game than Jalen Brooks, to be honest with you. Had a had a way better uh, game than Jalen Brooks, but um, you know I think with Jalen Brooks, you know there was a play where he was getting in, you know, out of his break, he got tripped up and the ball came his direction. It's like man, if you don't trip on that, I think you probably make that that catch and get up field. You know there was a digger out where he lost his bounce. and and just overall, you know maybe. Maybe just the first game jitters from Jalen Brooks. You never know. But, you know, not not a great showing from him. I think he could have been better. So we'll get into the, let's get into the offensive line. They weren't good. They weren't good. I, I mean, to me, to be honest with you, uh, they got to go out there and sign guys, not just a guy, guys to put on this roster because I just don't, I don't love what I saw from this, you know, this offensive line. Thought awesome. Richards so, uh, showed some things. Brock Hoffman was pretty good. Uh, Alec Lindstrom was pretty good as well. I like what I saw from him. I actually like what I saw from him way more than I like what I saw from Forniak. I didn't think Forniak played good at all. Um, you know, it, w- when you decide to bull rush Matt Forniak, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. Like it's it's a bad thing for Matt Forniak. He's not good at handling bull rushes. He's just not powerful enough. And and I'm not with this Matt Forniak experiment. I don't understand what they see in this guy. I don't think he's good at all. I didn't think he was good at all during the season. I didn't think he was good at all during this game. And uh, I just don't think he's that guy, man. I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's that good. Like I really don't. I really don't. There's a lot of people out here that like Matt Forniak, but like I'm seeing on my you know on my notes, it's like you know. 68 gets knocked back on a bull rush. bull rush. 68 gets beat again 68 couldn't contain 44 now granted that was Trayvon Walker um there was like a, a you know a play where Richards and Walker were or Richards and Fourniac were I guess they were working on um uh, uh, uh Trayvon Walker they just couldn't handle this guy so eh, man I'm just not a fan of uh of Fourniac at all. I'm not a fan of Josh Ball at all either. This is a guy who has trouble staying on his feet, way too tall for the position, I believe. I don't think he's powerful enough. And I also don't think he's necessarily uh uh, uh nimble on his feet either. Uh, you know, especially with the, the guard position where you want to be more powerful playing that position. I don't think that Josh Ball is that powerful. I think that they need to give up on Josh Ball, give up on the damn Josh Ball experience. He's not good. You should have seen this. Move on from some of these guys. The only one that I walked away w- for, uh, with and said, "Damn, he," you know, "I think he could really be something," is Awesome Richards. Now he did give up a sack. Now here's the thing: that was, uh, you know, a play where you got to get the ball out of your hands quickly. You can't, um, you know, on that type of play where it's all right. This is a quick hitting, timing, rhythm type of r- rhythm type of throw. You can't bail the pocket on that. You know, I don't necessarily blame Awesome Richards for that sack. That was more so on the quarterback. So, I mean, I thought that Awesome Richards did good things at left tackle. I thought, I think he did even better things at left guard. I think he, he had way uh, I think he had better reps at left guard than he did at left tackle but overall good start for that young man uh you know I I, I I'm rooting for awesome Richards you know there's a answer reason as to why I'm rooting for awesome Richards he you know he's from the area in which I grew up and so you know shout out to him I hope he does good things with the Cowboys um but yeah I mean yeah. <sighs> They got to sign Zach Martin. They got to get Zach Martin back because none of these guys can go out there week one. And honestly, they got to go out there and they got to sign some guys. So overall, offense as a whole, some some promising things that you saw, some promising individual players that you saw on this offense. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a productive offense this upcoming season with the personnel that they have on top of the depth pieces that they have. So now we move on to the defense. Again, I only watched the defense from one view. It was the end zone view. So uh, I'm not going to be able to necessarily tell you how certain cornerbacks played. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to be better in the future on that uh, about watching the sideline view as well. I just kind of ran out of time here. Um, but yeah, so a few guys that I want to talk about, obviously, Damone Clark, Demarvin and they did their thing. They did their thing. I mean, they. I, I don't think... Like, when I watched that tape back. I don't think there was a single bad rap that those guys put on tape. Not a single bad rap. And, you know, I talked about this. These guys could potentially be Warner and and Greenlaw. I mean, that's the type of potential I think that these two have. Now, will they be as good as those individual players? I don't know about that because you're talking about the best off-ball linebacker in the league and another very good off-ball linebacker in Greenlaw. So, I don't necessarily know if they're going to be that good, but I think that this is going to be Dallas's version of that duo. And with the defensive line that the Cowboys have, I don't even necessarily think they need to be that good. And it's not going to be this season. I don't think it's going to be this season where they turn into that combo. But I think that there's a lot of potential with Demon Clark and DeMarvian Overshawn. Damoon Clark looked really good, man. Some of the things that I wanted to see him clean up on, reading, reacting, uh, I think he did a very good job of that. I think he was uh, more patient than he was last year. And, um, you know, another thing as well, they were playing him off the edge a few times, and I think that he did some good work off the edge. Uh, you know, there was this one play where he almost had this backside tackle. He did a very good job with that. And uh, I think that Dan Quinn is going to potentially explore the option of playing Damone Clark off the edge. And honestly, you know, they're doing this experiment with Leighton Vanderesh where they're going to play him off the edge. I think it would actually be in the best interest if you're going to do that with a linebacker to do that with Damone Clark. I think that he has more traits to do a role like that then let's just say, a guy like Leighton Vander Esch, who I think his traits benefit him more as just standing up as an off-ball linebacker. Uh, you know, DeMarvian Overshone, third-round pick. This guy's going to be uh, a player on this team, no doubt about it. Good in coverage, sideline-to-sideline side type of guy. You know, closes in on the ball with ruthless aggression and, and I, I I just I'm a big fan of DeMarvin Overshone. I loved when they decided to draft him. I knew the type of player he is along with what Dan Quinn wants out of a player and the way he put uh, develops guys like this. Yeah, I think that Demarvin Overstrand is going to be a player on this team. Is it this year that he's going to be as good as I think he's going to be? No, it's not going to be this year. But I do think he's going to contribute something to this defense. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I'm very optimistic w- with what I saw from those two linebackers. Mozzie Smith. Let's talk about Mozzie Smith. I thought he was fine. I thought he was fine. If he wasn't good, I'd tell you guys. You know, I'm not afraid to sit here and tell you that a, a certain player didn't live up to my expectations. But this is a guy who played what, like 50 snaps this game? He's not gonna play 50 snaps. And the only reason why he played 50 snaps in this game, which is why I, I love that Dan Quinn did this, which is why Dan Quinn is so good in player development, is he understands that, yes, he is a first round pick and he is important in this defense. And, you know, obviously we don't want to get him hurt, but at the same time, we want him to get some conditioning. We want him to get used to playing 50 snaps a game. So when we ask him to play 20 to 30 snaps a game, uh, he can do that at a very high level because he's been conditioned to play double those those snaps. So, and and I think that Mozzie Smith did some good things in this game. There was a play where, uh, you know, there was a, a blocker on him. He shedded him. Uh, Perfectly timed shed and made the tackle. There was another play where Sam Williams uh, came in and did a, you know, had a tackle. And the reason why he was able to make that tackle in the backfield for a tackle for loss is because of Bohanna and Mozzie Smith clogging the hole. And you want to know what's funny? Like, I posted a video about this on TikTok and somebody was saying, like, oh, you know, that running back should have. Uh, trusted his blockers on that play. There was nothing there. And I made sure to look for that in the All-22 view. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what homeboy's talking about. So, you know, um, you're not going to see Mozzie Smith's effect on the stat sheet. You're just not. It's not the type of player he is. You know, maybe he can get, maybe in the future here, he can be a De'Aaron or a, a Duran Payne type to where He's going to get you eight to 10 sacks a game. You know, I think that that could potentially be in his future. That's not the player he is right now, which is perfectly fine. We don't need him to be that player right now. You don't need a year one impact from Mozzie Smith. This is a guy that's he might take some time. He might take some time. He might not be like the first round picks that we've had in the past few years here where they make an immediate impact off the bat. It's perfectly fine. When you build your team the way the Cowboys have built their team and they've done such a good job doing so with not just draft picks in past years, but now you decided to go out there and add actual players, I think you're good. I honestly think you're good here if Mozzie Smith isn't as great as you think he might be his first season. Completely fine completely fine. I know there's Eagles fans out there who are, you know, trying to make fun of Mozzie Smith and saying, oh, the Cowboys got a bust in the first round. Look, bro, you guys in over the, over the last 14 years have drafted about 10 busts. So relax with talking about busts for the Cowboys. Uh, Mozzie Smith's not that. I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to be that. I think Mozzie Smith put some good tape on film and it's not going to show up on the stat sheet. You know, it's it's going to look differently than, than the other guys that we've drafted in years past, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Uh, let's talk about Marquise Bell, man. Hold up. I got something for him, man. I got something for him. That's what I'm talking about. That's why he's beat me. That's why he's the GOAT. The GOAT. Man, Marquise Bell. Dude, what a performance. He led the team in tackles. I don't necessarily love it when my safeties lead the team in Tackles, I mean, granted, Donovan Wilson led the Cowboys in tackles last year, but he was playing a lot of snaps in the box. Just like Marquise Bell was doing. I mean, when he had to play on the uh, around the line of scrimmage as well. I mean, he was making plays. He was everywhere, man. This guy was everywhere. And this is another piece on this defense that I think is going to be able to make an impact this upcoming season. Now, how, obviously, how big of an impact it's going to be. You know, I, I don't think he's going to change the world for this defense, but I think he's going to be a very nice piece to put on this defense. I loved what I saw from Marquise Bell. Matter of fact, Brian Brian uh, Baldinger did a breakdown on Marquise Bell and how well he played the other day. Because he did. He was awesome the other day. He was awesome. I think that he was... If, if I had to rank the players on the defense, I think he gave you the best... Performance out of any of the players on the defense. This guy was everywhere. So awesome stuff from Marquise Bell. He's going to make this team. They're going to keep five safeties if you consider Israel McQuammo a safety. And uh, man, just just continuing to add depth in that room. You love to see it. Um, another thing to take into account. Let's see, is there anybody else that I want to talk about on the defense? Um, Isaiah Land. Isaiah Land did some things as well. He had two. I think he drew about two penalties this game. There were also two times where he just flat out one on the edge. Uh, this is a guy, he might be hard to sneak on the practice squad. I think if you want to keep this guy around, he might you might need to put him on your 53-man roster. But who are you going to take off your 53-man roster, especially in that room, in that deep room? Uh, who are you gonna take off that roster? Is it gonna be Bohanna and Gallimore? I don't love that. I don't love that. You know, I would prefer to keep one of them. I'd honestly like to keep Bohanna rather than Galmore just because I think Bohanna did some good things in this game with Mozzie Smith. But Isaiah Land, this dude's a player, man. You talk about big, uh, quick. I mean, he's way bigger than than I thought he was going to be. You know, when they were talking about playing him at off-ball linebacker, you know, I, I don't necessarily think he has the body type to do that. I think he is strictly an edge guy. So he showed some potential in this game, no, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. But my question is, is are you going to be able to find a roster spot for him? And if you can't find a roster spot, are you going to be able to sneak him on the practice squad? Because I, I don't know, man. This guy can, this guy can flat out play. Um, I, I think I pretty much hit on everybody that I wanted to hit on on the defense: Marquise Bell, Mozzie Smith, Damone Clark, Demarvin Overshown. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everybody. Uh Oso Dizua played for a little bit. He had that one nice run stop. Uh good stuff by him. Overall, though, the defense, yeah. But, you know, to me, and, and you want to know it's crazy to cap this off. That was a second team defense that did work against the Jaguars first team offense. Like they did work against that first team offense. And the only reason why the Jaguars first team offense was able to score is because of that Cavante Turpin. Fumble, which we'll talk about. We're going to talk about special teams here in, in just a few moments. But man, defense as a whole, I think I'd give them, if I to give them a grade, I would give them an A- minus, just because I think they did let off the pedal there late in the game just because, I mean, I, I don't think they necessarily had the, the best talent on the field at that certain point. But man, yeah, your depth looks good on defense uh, in a lot of positions here. So yeah, overall, A minus performance from the defense for me. Definitely good stuff. So the Cowboys have some problems on special teams, guys. Uh, I'm just gonna say this right now. They have a kicker problem. They might have a punt returner problem. I'll get into why I think that they, they have a putt return problem here in a second. I want to talk about the kicker real quick first. Uh, they need to go out and sign somebody. They can't go into the season with Brandon Audrey as their kicker. You cannot miss extra points in the preseason. Yeah, You know, you had that really good day at training camp where you went 11 for 11, but overall still, you're not showing what you need to show. There's no reason why you miss an extra point in the preseason. If you can't make an extra point when you're inside with no wind, how am I going to expect you to make a extra point when we're in Buffalo in December and there's wind coming from all different types of direction? How can I expect you to do that? How can I expect you to go into Philly if we got to do that in late January and make field goals there where there's going to be wind coming from every direction? No. Brandon Audrey isn't the guy they got to go out and address this they got to go out and sign somebody they need to stop running away from this issue the kicker or yeah the kicker for this team is not on this team move on Brandon Audrey is not the guy and it's weird it should feel like an easy position to evaluate kicker and I don't blame the front office or any front office around the NFL for struggling to evaluate this position because I I kind of come from the same train of thought that they do what the hell you can perform in college. You can be a good kicker in college. Why can't you get, be a good kicker in the NFL? There's no difference between kicking the NFL and kicking in college. I mean, well, what's the difference? There's no difference between kicking the USFL and, and kicking in the NFL. If you can make a 50-yard kick in the USFL, you make a 50-yard kick in the NFL. It should be that simple. But for some reason, this position does not transfer over as well as you know we would like to think that it would. I don't understand why it's such a hard position to evaluate. But overall, the kicker for this team is not on the team. They got to go find somebody. And uh, they might need to find somebody to return punts as well because I, I'm i starting to lose faith in Kevontae Turpin. This is not a one-time thing, guys. This is not a one-time thing. Last season, to finish the year, he had that muff against Houston and he had that uh, muff against, I believe it was Washington as well, if I'm not mistaken, Um yeah, I think it was Houston and Washington he had those muffs. So that's two muffs to finish the season. You know, I understand that Kevonte Turpin does a good job of flipping the field, but man, that was bad. That was bad, man. That was really bad. I don't necessarily know if I feel comfortable about Kevonte Turpin entering the season as our punt returner. I mean, this is the third muff that he's had in the last, what, five games that he's played in. I mean, this isn't nothing. This is something that he's dealed he, he's struggled with here recently. So I don't know, man. And when we talk about Camante Turpin, is is he good enough as a receiver to make this roster? I think he is. I think he is, but I mean, look, I'm I'm worried about him as a punt returner. I really am. and every single time he catches that ball, I I, I just look and I'm just like, oh man, hang on to that football. Hang on to it. Hang on to it like your life depends on it. But I I mean, there's overall, they're going to continue to give them opportunities to be their punt returner. But I don't know how confident I feel in that, to be honest with you. That's going to be it for the episode though, guys. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I know the work week is upon us, but guess what? One more day closer to the football season football is back guys college football is going to be here in less than two weeks labor day weekends coming up and uh you know one thing that i want to say i know it's monday and and it's just perspective is is everything right you know there's a lot of people that talk about you know i have to go to work or i have to go to school on monday that's not what it's about you get to go to school on monday you get to go to work on a monday because you have to understand, you know. Your situation might not be the best. Your, your situation may be really good, or maybe your situation's not where you want it to be. But understand that there are people in worse situations than you that would do anything to be in your situation. There are people on their deathbeds right now that would... Do anything to be in your situation. So understand that, uh, you know, no matter how bad you might think you have it, there's somebody out there that has it worse. That would that would do anything to be in your position. So um, understand that. Be grateful, and you know, let's let's get this week underway. Let's reach our goals, and let's just continue to improve as people throughout the course of this week. Take it day by day, brick by brick, and uh, you know we'll get through this, guys. Um, but that's going to be it. And uh, if you guys haven't already, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, make sure to follow the show and leave a five-star review. But that's going to be it. I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll
1: We'll see you next next time time on on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio 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 Podcast.